Good morning, Bridge City Church. How y'all doing this morning? Good? It's great to look out upon you, and uh, I'm excited. Does anyone want to take a guess why? In your own mind, take a guess. It is 10 degrees outside. It is amazing. It is wonderful. I love, love, love when my hands almost freeze to the steering wheel when I get in the car to drive here. Listen, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, uh, I'm Pastor Nick, the campus pastor here, and I'm so excited you've decided to spend your Sunday morning here with us worshiping God and praising his name. And today's actually an exciting day for the campus uh, here in White Oak because it is the first Sunday that we are able to open our new Bridge City Kids room for our three and four-year-olds over here to my right, your left. And uh, if you, some of you may not have ever noticed this uh, because it wasn't open for a while, but our cafe it has been painted and renovated. The furniture has been changed. Uh, if you didn't notice, go ahead and, and check that out. Next week, I am excited to say that we will be having coffee again on Sunday mornings. So you will have your own personal barista that will, will hand you and make your coffee. Uh, so if you bring a travel mug, we'll have to work out what that looks like. Maybe you just dump coffee from the cup we hand you into your own travel mug. We're trying to limit contact as much as we can and be smart with that. Another thing you may not have noticed is the wall, the new wall. Look at that. It used to be open. And it's closed now because we're trying our best to keep the three and four-year-olds and the uh, infants quiet so that you don't get to hear them throughout the worship experience and so they don't get to hear us. So uh, thank you so much to Jim Armstrong, Paul Yester, uh, Dave McCoyak, uh Laura Sippa, Randy Young. Uh, they were the, the ones really uh, steamheading that, and I appreciate you all so, so much. The, the work, the time, the effort that went into that wall and the painting, and it was just phenomenal. So thank you all so much for using your gifts to build the kingdom. And I'm excited because uh, that was our huddle room where we used to huddle and, and pray before each worship experience, and we've since moved, but... I'm excited because God continues to show us ways that this building can still be used. You know, we prayed a long time ago that this building would be too small. And it has become in so many ways, but God continues to give us uh, individuals that are creative with their minds and how we can best use the, the space that he has given us. And I'm excited to have that room grow and that room be too small for the three and four-year-olds. Uh, so I just want to pray. I want to pray for that, that room, and I want to pray for the kids that are going to fill it, and I want to pray for the leaders that are going to lead them. So let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for your provision, Lord. God, I thank you for your provision for the care uh, that your children are going to receive because of the space that you provided for them. Lord, I thank you for the, the men and women that are gifted in construction and that their minds can think in creative ways. God, thank you for allowing for those gifts to be in this house, to be used to, to build your house. And God, I pray for, for Morgan Cohen specifically, Lord, as she leads that team in that room. God, continue to give her a heart for those children. Continue to give her a dream and a vision for those kids. 
And God, I pray that, that every one of those children would, would recognize that that room is not just there for them to, to play and relate with each other, but that room is there for them to fall in love with Jesus. And God, I pray that's exactly what you do, both in and through uh, the team, Lord. And God, I pray that every child that walks into that room would sense your peace, your joy, and your love. God, that your presence would overflow that room. And God, I pray that every single child would have a desire to grow in their relationship with you and to grow your kingdom because what they experience in Bridge City Kids. God, may those kids grow up and then go upstairs to to the other rooms and we pray for those teachers, God. And may they be prepared and ready to go into Bridge City students, uh, our, our youth ministry, Lord. God, may they grow every step of the way, constantly growing in wisdom and knowledge of you and favor before you and man. God, we thank you. We praise you. We pray that you give us a heart of excitement and expectation for what you have planned to do next. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Listen, we're continuing our What We Build is Spiritual series. And, and obviously it's been a great illustration during this whole entire time that, that we're building a wall. We're talking about Nehemiah here. And that we're renovating things within the house of God. We're making it better. And it's been really encouraging to have a building project going on while you're in a series entitled What We Build is Spiritual. But I I want you to not just think of physical things being built. I want you to think of your life and God building you into who he's created you to be. Because every day is a new phase of the building project. Okay, every day is a new step in the sanctification process. You being sanctified, you becoming more like Jesus. So every day is a new building day. Okay, construction is happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Last year was a leap year, so it happened 366 days in 2020. Don't you think it's ironic that 2020 was the longest year that we've had in four years? Isn't that interesting? I think it's interesting. And I want to encourage you today as we jump into Nehemiah, uh, I cannot read you three chapters of the book of Nehemiah today. I, I can't read you every single verse. So every week we've been encouraging you to come prepared for the following week knowing what happened in the previous chapters. So This week, I'm encouraging all of you to go home and you have your reading plan for the week. Read Nehemiah 4, 5, and 6. Nehemiah 4, 5, and 6. We're going to talk about all these chapters today, but again, I can't read you every single verse out of these chapters, and nor would I, because Sundays are not an all-you-can-eat buffet, and then you just don't eat the rest of the week. Okay, we believe that the Word of God feeds us. And Sundays are not so you can get fed and then be good to not eat the rest of the week. Sundays are an appetizer to get you hungry for the next part of the week, the remainder of the week. I thought that was good. Anyways... I want to set up our time today by reading you a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. 
It says, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. The true neighbor will risk his position, his prestige, and even his life for the welfare of others. Martin Luther King Jr. did that. He's an amazing, amazing man. But I believe there's people even after Martin Luther King that this quote describes them and describes their lives. As a matter of fact, there were people before Martin Luther King Jr. that this quote describes them and describes their lives. And I believe Nehemiah is one of them. Nehemiah risked it all to do what God was calling him to do. He gave up his prestige, his position, his job with the king. He gave up provision for his family. He gave up comfort for the welfare of others. And I'm so excited for today's message because it's all about us taking a stand as sons and daughters of Christ and embracing adversity. You will hear the word adversity at least 50 times today. You'll hear embracing, you've heard it too, so let's just give the over-under at 25. But embracing adversity is so important. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus is speaking, and he's, he came before his disciples. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Shameless plug here, we have baptisms next Sunday you haven't had an opportunity to get signed up for that, if you've never taken a stand and outwardly shown what God has already done on the inside of you, this is a great opportunity for you to do that. If you need more information, you can head to the connection point and they'll get that for you. But Matthew, Jesus is talking in Matthew 28 here, and he's reminding us that we have something that we're supposed to do. We need to go into all the world and baptize people and share the love of Christ. And, and that's what we're called to do as Christians. Now you may think, oh, I don't have this huge calling that Nehemiah had. I don't, I don't have the opportunity to go rebuild a wall and provide protection for an entire community. You may not be called to do that in its entirety, but you're called to have a place on the wall that's being built. You're called to be a person that directs people to comfort, directs people to protection, directs people to provision, and that is Jesus Christ. You're called to be somebody that recognizes the same authority and power that lived in Jesus lives within you when you become a son and daughter. That's empowering. That gets me excited. That gets me like, hey, bring on the adversity. Let's do it. I'm going to be victorious because of Jesus. Now, Jesus is also speaking in John 16, verse 33, and it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, we often talk about all the promises that we receive as sons and daughters. All the promises that we, we get out of the word of God. 
I don't often hear somebody say, guess what? There will be pain, there will be sorrow, there will be challenges. Yes and amen, Lord. I receive your promises. Your promises are yes and amen. Woo! Sorrow. Yes! Adversity. I can't wait for trials. We don't do that. But in all honesty, we could. Because Jesus says, take heart. Here it is, another but in the Bible. But take heart because I have overcome the world and you will too. If you're walking with him, if you're obedient to him, if your life is fully submitted to him, it's promised. Adversity is something that we will all have the opportunity to walk through. Challenges are something we will all have the opportunity to walk through. And it's our choice whether or not we embrace the adversity. You know, we live in a day and age when people are unwilling or unable to, to withstand or overcome adversity. We, we live in a time and a culture where sometimes things come against us and, and it looks like people just crumble. And it breaks my heart because I'm talking about people that don't have Jesus. They don't understand or even know that they can overcome because Jesus overcame. They don't understand that they can speak to that issue or, or walk in, in victory over that issue because the same power that lives in Jesus lives in us. And that just gives us even more of an excitement to go out and do what Jesus called us to do. To build the wall. To get more people to come inside the walls and receive the protection, the care, and the love that comes from being in the house of the Lord. Embracing adversity is powerful. I want to let you know that Nehemiah experienced a lot of challenge. And he experienced challenges in four specific areas. Jesus experienced challenge in, in, in his life. You know, when Jesus was, was tempted on the mountain by the devil, every, we always talk about how his identity was challenged. And that's true. Yes, his identity was challenged. Who God was was challenged. But I believe that the first thing that was being challenged in Jesus' life was his calling. Because your identity and your calling are completely intertwined. They can't be broken apart. So if the, the devil could have knocked Jesus off of his calling, his identity in other areas of his life would have been successfully taken out too. So the four areas of, of challenge that we are all going to experience, number one is our calling. Our calling is going to be challenged. It's going to happen. 
Did God really say? Are you really called to do that? Is that something that you're really being empowered by God to do? Do you really have all power and authority just like Jesus did and does? The second thing that's going to be challenged is your courage. Your courage is going to be challenged. Are you courageous enough? Do you have enough faith? Or are you a coward? Every time I say the word courage or coward, I can't help but think of the lion. From, I can't help but think he just needed a heart. No, he didn't need a heart. He had a heart. He needed some people around him that were going to encourage him and empower him and give him the might to walk out what was already in there. That's the same for all of us. Church, I know that this rings true in your life. You wouldn't be where you are today if you didn't have Jesus and you didn't have people around you empowering you and equipping you and challenging you and caring for you. Every single one of us are going to need that one day. The third thing is your conviction. What you're called to do, does it burn in your heart? If you don't do it, it feels like your heart's getting torn in two. Every year I ask God to confirm the calling that's on my life. Every single year. I usually do it in December. I did it twice this year. Two different segments of time. The first one took a, took a long time. I was laying on my couch hooked up to an IV machine for seven weeks, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And every day I would ask God, God, am I called to do this? And he would say yes. And every single Sunday while you all were here worshiping and praising God, my heart was getting ripped in two. I knew the conviction was still there. Church, every single one of us are going to have our character challenged. Your character is going to be challenged. No matter what, it's going to happen. And your character is so important, but so many times we're not worried about if, uh, if protecting our character or creating our character. We're worried about our reputation. Coach John Wooden, a UCLA uh, basketball coach, Great, great man. If you, if you need some encouraging books to read, he has a, they, they have a book of just his quotes. It's how amazing that this man was. And one of my favorite quotes, and this is not verbatim. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it a little bit probably. But it says that we are more worried about our reputation than we are our character. Our reputation is merely what people think about us. Our character is who we are. And our reputation is sometimes more important. But our character isn't created in front of all of us. Our character is created when it's just you. Let's get jump into Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Sambalt was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. Let's get you caught up a little bit. If you weren't here the previous weeks or didn't have a chance to listen, Nehemiah cried, wept, prayed, fasted when he heard what was going on in Jerusalem with the wall, that it was torn down. 
He went before God. He asked for God's provision, for God's vision, for God's help. He went before his boss, the king, and told him what he was going to do. And the king literally could have killed him at that moment, but he didn't. He provided for him, gave him paid vacation, gave him an army, gave him people to to walk with him and and share the the, the call on his life with him. Took a four-month journey, inspected the walls, saw the ruins for himself, knew that they were going to start rebuilding, and he was already challenged, and he's getting challenged again. Sam Ballot was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of all of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can rebuild a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think that they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Here we go, Sam Bout's here challenging the call that was not only on Nehemiah, but now those that were ready to build with him. Church, we're just like Nehemiah in so many ways. Anytime you step out and start to walk in your calling a little bit more, guess what's going to come? Challenges. And haters are gonna hate. That's what they do. Sam Ballot is is a huge example of a hater. Tobias the same way. Haters are gonna hate. Be ready for it. Be prepared for it. And then you know what you do? Here, let me do it over here so you can see. You ready? Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Ready for the middle. Brush it off because you're already prepared for it. You already know that it's going to happen. And I can't wait to get to some of Nehemiah's responses here to these challenges, but I want you to remember that your calling is going to be challenged. Let's pick it up in verse 7 and 8 in Nehemiah 4. But when Samballot and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. They made plans to come and fight physical harm. They they had plans to come and confuse them. They had plans to come and, and get them knocked off from what God was calling them to do and empowering them to do and equipping them to do. Guess what it took for them to keep building? Courage. It took courage. And church, sometimes when you don't know what courage is until you step into an opportunity that you need it. Like, I don't know how I would react if if somebody ever tried to cause bodily harm to Rachel or Lennon. I don't know how I would react if if there were a, a natural disaster that was happening in front of me. 
I don't know how I would react if this building caught on fire. It's not going to in Jesus' name. But I don't know how I would react, but I'd like to tell myself that I'd run into the burning building, that I would take on what was ever trying to hurt my wife or my son. I would like to think that if there were a natural disaster, that I and us would have the courage to go and do something to help. But you don't know until you step into it. You have no idea. And the individuals that were building with Nehemiah didn't know that they had the courage to withstand the challenges that were coming from Sanballat and Tobiah and those around them. But it's going to take courage, church. We're going to jump ahead to Nehemiah 6, which means that we're going from 4 to 6 and 5's in the middle. Okay, I want you to read five, all on your lonesome. Five is all, all the people that, yeah, we, we have a calling. Yeah, we have, we have courage. Hey, wait a second. I don't have any money. I don't have any food to feed my family. I have to mortgage my property. I'm losing my land. What are we going to do? Five isn't about complaining. Nehemiah 5 is about how are we going to embrace the adversity and move forward in what God's calling us to do. I couldn't read the whole chapter to you. I want you to read it. Remember, this is just an appetizer. This isn't an all-you-can-eat buffet. Nehemiah 6, verses 1 through 3. Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab. And the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors in the gates. So Sambal and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ona. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. Church, this is one of my favorite quotes in the Bible. And I'm going to get to another one right after this. I have a lot of favorites. This is my favorite. Okay? So I reserve the right to say this is one of my favorites because it's a true statement. Nehemiah said to them, I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Gangster! Nehemiah just, like, if he had a mic, he would have dropped it. Because he was so convicted by what God called him to do, he knew that he didn't even need to give the haters the time of day. They didn't even make it on to his calendar. They didn't even get sent a calendar invite from Ken Johnson to Nehemiah. It didn't happen. Not only did Nehemiah respond to them and say, why should I even give you the time of day? I am doing something important. I am building something that I was called to build. I am serving the Lord. That's an example of what we need to do with the haters that try to knock us off from what God is doing. But instead, most of the time, we allow for the haters to live rent-free up here. I'm so cool. 
Did you hear that? Rent free. That's what all the, that's what all the Gen Zers are saying these days. <laughs> rent free up here. Read an article, told me about that. <laughs> Got to stay relevant, you know? <laughs> Nehemiah is an example of walking out the conviction that God's given him. Should be an example to us that we shouldn't even give the time of day to those that are trying to knock us off from what God's called us to do. Be nice, write them a letter, but don't put it on your calendar. Don't let it into your mind. Nehemiah 6, verses 5 and 9, the fifth time, five, fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it is true. Oh, Geshem says it's true. That you and the Jews are planning to rebel and that is why you're rebuilding the wall. And according to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there's the king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you... Come and talk it over with me. Ready? Ready for one of my second favorite quotes in the Bible? I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us. Imagining that we could be discouraged and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater Determination. Your character is going to be challenged. Who you are is going to be challenged. Who God created you to be, the character that he's placed within you is going to be challenged. Can I be real with you this morning? Okay, and vulnerable, I didn't know I was going to do this. I want to give you an example. About a month after Len was born, he just turned three yesterday. Uh, it's exciting, very exciting. Um, about a month after Len was born, I remember um, it was a Sunday, and I stepped off the stage, and instantly my phone sounded like a helicopter. Like, brr, 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 brr. It was just ringing text message after text message after text message after text message. And it was about something that recently happened on Facebook. Um, I won't bore you, with the whole, bore you with the whole story, but somebody decided that they were going to attack me on Facebook. Okay? Like paragraphs. And it was a family member. 
And you know what every text message said? Every text message didn't say, hey, Nick, I received a report about you. And I know that it's true. No, every text message said, hey, just to let you know, there's some stuff on Facebook. And I know it's not true because I know who you are. And I've known you for the past 15 years. Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, that post is on Facebook and I've called the person that, that said it and I, I understand that they're angry, but I know that those things aren't true. Every phone call that I got was not about, hey, you want to explain this? It was, hey, I know who you are. I know who God created you to be. And I know your character because it's been proven. Galatians 1.10 for I'm in this to serve God, not man. If I were serving man, I wouldn't be God's servant. And I remember that verse because I read it every morning. Because I need to be reminded of that because I'm a recovering people pleaser. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I called Pastor Gavin Hassel, who was one of the people that texted me, one of the people that called me. I waited till I got in the car to call him back. And I unloaded. Not on him. He just happened to be the wall that was in front of me that got it all. I was angry. I was sad. I was hurt. And he said, I'll never forget it. Nick, are you done? I said, yes. I feel a little bit better. But I still want to call and say all those things. He said, I, I bet you do. And I heard, I heard his voice getting ready to say it. I was like, don't you dare say Galatians 1.10 to me right now. And he said, just remember Galatians 1.10. <laughs> Your character is going to be tested. You're try, you're, people are going to try to intimidate you and scare you. People are going to try to pull things out of your closet from years and years and years and years ago. The enemy is going to try to use who you used to be against you. Flip the script. Use who you used to be to be an example of what Jesus did in your life as you're moving forward. So all that stuff's under the cross. It's a great moment for, for your character to, be, character to be built. Men, this is your last Sunday to sign up for Victory and Freedom. It's a great opportunity to have your character solidified by what Jesus did on the cross. 1 Peter 2, 12 gives us some marching orders on how to prepare ourselves for when our character gets challenged, for when our conviction gets challenged, for when our courage gets challenged, for when our calling gets challenged. And it says, 
Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Church, your character isn't all wrapped up in who you are. Your character should be all wrapped up in who God created you to be. Your identity is set by the cross, not by the world. And one of the hardest things you'll ever do as a, as a new Christian or as a Christian that's now beginning to grow in their faith is to allow other people into that. Huge step in your character is when you start to become the same person all the time out there as you are in here. Christians are real good at wearing masks, not just during pandemics. Real good at wearing masks to, to hide what's really going on. Because we're scared, we're fearful. But church, your character should be evident to those around you. And you can point to Jesus the whole time. I want to give you another story because I love stories. Storyteller, like Biggie. Pennzoil in McKeesport. Great establishment, great price on tires if you need tires. Um, they're not a mechanic shop, though. I have other mechanics I'll refer to you. <clears throat> Graham Service, Elizabeth. I sent somebody there. The owner's name is Chris. And I told them to say... Big Nick sent you. That's, I spent years creating that brand, okay? It's just <laughs> that's how people know me. They don't, they, that's how they know. This is pre-Pastor Nick, okay? I sent this person there, and they said, Nick sent me. And Chris is like, oh, Nick, great. How do you know him? She said, I go to church with he and his wife. Nick goes to church? Yeah. He does. No, he doesn't. Nick goes to church. Yes, I go to church with him. She let it at that. She knew he was confused. She called me. She said, you're never going to believe this. I was like, yeah, I'm sure I will. Try me. I've heard a lot. And uh, she was in the waiting room. She's like, I told the owner that Nick sent me, and he's shocked how I know you that you go to church with me. And I said, well, did you clarify which Nick? She's like, no, I'm going to, but I just wanted to let you know, I don't believe a word he's saying. I said, okay, good. He has a cousin named Nick that still doesn't go to church. She said, big Nick. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know that. He invites me all the time. I thought he met my cousin, Nick. He don't go to church. Live it out, out there, church. I'm going to challenge you. 
You're wearing a Bridge City hoodie. People are watching you. You put one of those stickers on your bumper. Please don't cut somebody off. There's a reason it doesn't say Bridge City Church on it, and it just has the the bridge. There's a reason. (laughs) We're intelligent individuals, because everybody has a day. But that day doesn't define your character. A bunch of days put together does. 1 Peter 2.15, it is God's, if it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Your lives should silence the haters, not your words. We're gonna wrap up with Nehemiah 6, verse 11. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. Nehemiah knew his position as a son. Nehemiah knew who he was created to be. Nehemiah knew his calling. Nehemiah had enough courage. Nehemiah was so convicted to walk out what God called him to do, and his character spoke to all of those that he could do it because of God. So church, if you feel like everything's against you right now, everything's going against you, your family, your friends, your work, your your, your schooling, whatever it may be, I want to leave you with this quote, and Matt's going to come up and wrap us up. And it says, when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. Henry Ford said that, not Pastor Nick, Henry Ford. Everything is pushing against it. But it still does what it was created to do. I'm not going to be super cheesy and say, you're created to fly. Go fly. Little church, go, go fly. No, but remember what you were created to do, to share the love of Christ, to grow in your love for Christ every single day. Father God, take this message today and encourage people, whether they can hear my voice here or online. God, use it to give people the heart to embrace adversity and walk through it knowing that they're victorious because of you. In Jesus' name.